It is 18 minutes before the hour here on the Dread Large Radio Show, and we're pleased to continue with Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis, brought to us by the Concerned Taxpayers of Manchester this morning. Go to ConcernedTaxpayersOfManchester.com and learn why they've endorsed Mayor Ted Gatsis' re-election bid for mayor. Uh-oh. <laughs> we've, we've, got the, we've got the battery here telling us that uh, it's about to, it's about to uh, die. Um, yeah, I never did switch over to the to the desktop computer. But concerned taxpayers of Manchester.com, you'll see the answers he gave to their questionnaire and the answers that uh, his rival Joyce Craig didn't. In addition, take a look at the candidates in Manchester Ward 4, where they have come behind Steve Matthew, apparently not amused at uh, incumbent Christopher Herbert's dict- you know, utterances that elderly uh, ta- ta- homeowners shouldn't have tax exemptions to stay in their home, but a government program to take them from it. And they've also come behind Mark Flanders, who's challenging Leslie spend more money want at the uh, Manchester school board. Learn more about the candidates, their surveys and the endorsements of the concerned taxpayers of Manchester by visiting concerned taxpayers of Manchester.com. All right. Continuing with the mayor, mayor, uh, you and I had the opportunity to be at a, press conference yesterday regarding Manchester High School West and um, a very exciting uh, transformational sort of planning effort that is now underway there. Tell us a little bit about what's happening and what you hope comes out of it, not just for West High School, but for education in the city of Manchester in general. Well, Richard, you know, when you can bring new and different educational opportunities to students, uh, great things happen. And at West High School, uh, Dr. Vargas went out and uh, secured a $300,000 grant from the Bar Foundation to transform West so that we can get education at a different level. So students that may be interested in becoming a nurse can go shadow over at CMC and they would be able to come back and get credits for the work that they're doing at CMC. Mm-hmm. And we, th- I think we probably have four or five different companies right now lined up to bring these kids in so that uh, they can get a different kind of education, not sitting in a row learning from a teacher that's on a blackboard, but actually getting hands-on experience uh, in the class, in the um, facility that they have an interest in. Now, I, I learned something yesterday at the press conference that I did not know before, and that was, you know, Dr. Vargas obviously has gone to a great deal of um, um, of effort to bring together various sectors and members of the community. And he had a special request for you uh, as part of the process of applying for the grant. Uh, what what did he ask you and, and what did you do? He asked me if I could line up uh, different businesses that he could talk to to get support and uh, build our school district up. You know, our school district is a great school district. A lot of great things happen there. Um, but people want to single out some of the things that uh, may be a shortfall and maybe things that we can change. But it's a school, great school district. Kids get a great education, and we've got to make it available to students that want to get out into the workforce, workforce and not wait for a college education. That's what's most important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, not everybody's going to college. And the kids that are, I wish them the best of luck, and I know that they're going to work hard to get there, but the students that are in between – need something that uh, can excite them about education. Uh, To get the kids to come to school so that attendance is up and graduation is up uh, are things that we have to work on. And right now at West High School, I think that this program is going to excite students and get them into the workplace 
so that they can find mentors to help them along the process. I know that Fred Bramante tried to start that mentor program probably four or five years ago. And it's difficult to get people to commit, um, you know, to mentor somebody. But I think it's easier if you can get the student right there at the workplace. I think then you've got students that are working with folks to understand what they're trying to do at the workplace. And workplace experience is important, especially now when there aren't a lot of employees out there. I just got an email within an hour that somebody's looking for not CDL drivers, but just people that have a driver's license that mm-hmm. can pass a drug test that they're willing to pay seventeen fifty an hour for. So there's a shortage of people out there. And they said, Mayor, if you can help us, we're looking <laughs> for four or five people. So anybody that's listening, if they call me at my office, uh, if they're looking for that kind of an opportunity, I certainly will give them the number of the person that they can call. But again, you know, there are people out there looking to to, to, to help people and, and to move them along in the process. And I think high school students are looking for excite, exciting things to do to learn about how business works. So for seventeen fifty an hour, you can send that to me, Your Honor. I, I could do something part-time when I'm off the air. <laughs> wow. There you go. So I think that... Uh, now, do you see this as something that is unique to West High School, or do you see West High School as a stepping stone that will establish sort of a templated process that can be replicated at the city's other high schools and maybe also its middle schools? Well, there's no question that we put um, Amy Allen into the assistant superintendent's position uh, because of the great work she's done at Parker Varney. Yeah. And I think that that's got to be replicated throughout the entire city. And I will say there, there was no... Um, Including their lunch program, so we don't have to worry about a commissary <laughs> delivering lunches. <laughs> well, I will say there was no greater skeptic of what she was doing than me at the beginning. And all one needs to do is review the record of the Curriculum and Instruction Committee meetings at which I expressed that skepticism. However, um, she persuaded me enough to get my support for whatever it was worth to see how the results came in and the results have come in. Uh, I think better than any of us honestly could have dared uh, project or hope. When she met with me and she talked to me about it directly, um, I have great faith in Amy Allen. Um, well, she's you know, proven she's, herself. She certainly have sh- has shown that uh, with her ability, she got uh, school of the year, teacher of the year. That just doesn't happen by accident when every school and every teacher in the state is being looked at for those positions. And we also had the principal of the year. Yeah. So when you look at that, it doesn't fall into a vacuum. You know, people come in and they they see the once they go to the schools and they see the positive things that are happening, They're their fine. mind changes about the education here in the city of Manchester. And I, I, I think probably her greatest accomplishment was being able to engage the staff in the changes, but and also the parents. The apparent involvement of Parker Varney is off the charts, and I think it had to be because they were doing stuff that was so different from the the, the norm. That and I think you've got two great principals on the west side, mm-hmm. one at Gosler and one at uh, Northwest, yep. that certainly can replicate what's happening at Parker Varney. They are two great yep. principals that work with the teachers, work with the students, understand the parents that they have in their community. And I think that will be the, I would hope that those are the next two schools that replicate what's happening at Parker Vine. Yeah, because you're not going to just go from one elementary school to 14 overnight. It's no. going to have to be systematically phased in deliberately, and we'll leave that to the hands of the administration. Um, uh, uh, once, of course, the board has its necessary policy discussions, if we can ever actually get to those. But I, I want to uh, ask you sort of a philosophical question about the tax cap in, in city government. We often hear 
that the tax cap is strangling the city um, and that the city is compromised in its ability to provide necessary services. Do you agree with that criticism? What do you see as the value and purpose of the tax cap? And, you know, and I think this is a, a, a relevant question. You've been mayor for eight years now. What sorts of things as mayor do you structurally want to see change in the city that would uh, take the burden off the taxpayers without sacrificing the services? I think the first thing we have to do is totally revamp our health insurance. Um, if we can change the thinking about health insurance so that uh, some of the decision-making has to be the employees on how they manage their health care, that would enable us to do things uh, that are a lot different. Are you talking maybe about uh, instead of providing a plan and paying a percentage of the premium, providing, say, a uh, a stipend that they get to choose. No, from I think that I think you need to. I think you need to look at the entire plan and say, okay, what what do we have to change? You know, a few years ago we changed uh, because we saw a big influx, influx. No, big influx at the emergency rooms. Right. So we increased the cost of the emergency room visit from fifty dollars that we had in our plan to a hundred and fifty, and that changed some of the way people were thinking about health insurance that they would go to their. Uh, provider doctor, yeah. instead of going into the emergency room. Uh, but we still don't see enough. Uh, we see an increase in the utilization of vitals, but not enough. We're not anywhere close to where the state is. What is vitals? Vitals is when you can call for a procedure and go to the low-cost procedure and get a rebate uh, directly paid to the employee from uh, our provider. So in other Anthem. words, there's a financial reward to the employee that picks the low-cost provider as opposed to whichever one is, say, closest to their house. That's correct. And right. and right now, we see the state utilizing that more. Why? Because their deductible is $500. So you're, you're looking for additional changes to the plan design to encourage more um, thoughtful use of the of the benefits. Yeah. When you, when you tell people out there that, uh, you know, we have a, a Cadillac plan uh, that only has a $100 deductible, in some cases, maybe 250 People can't believe what you're getting on that plan. Well, Anthem has said itself in its outlawed voice before both boards that the uh, benefits offered to employees of the Man- city of Manchester and its school district are the richest. That's their way of saying the best in the entire country. You know, you've got provide you've got uh, in- companies right now that that are charging their employees thirty percent, maybe forty percent mm-hmm. of the health care costs. Um, you know, I think that we need to take a look at it. Uh, I think the HSA certainly gives everybody an opportunity to pay attention of what they're doing because the $1,500 and the 3000 that the city puts into their, their kitty yeah. is their dollars if they don't spend them. Right. And so, right now I think we only have a hundred and maybe 170, 180 people out of 900 that take the health insurance. So, I mean, the HSA. The HSA. So you want to do something to find ways to get people to take advantage of the health savings account and the high deductible Correct. plan that comes with it as opposed to the HMO or the PPO. Now, back on the tax cap, is it is it strangling the city or is it causing the city to have to face decisions about how better to do things and what to do as opposed to just always being that, well, you know, rubber stamp uh, for, a, for a big tax increase at, uh, at, at budget time? Well, we've got to find different ways to manage our city. You know, um, I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, the LED lighting saved the city and the taxpayers $600,000 a year that we could move around in the budget. Right. 
Um, you know, this new solar project is a $5 million project over 25 years. Yes, it's about $220,000 a year the city Correct. saves or collects in revenue. That, that come in and uh, actually saves on its energy costs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important in a $500,000 payment in front. So that's a deal that uh, as we look at it and as I, you know, comp- totally drill down on it, it's a very good deal for the city. Should, you know, should. I had somebody yesterday talking to me and they asked me about, you know, a solar project or an energy savings project that they could look at. And they said to me, well, what do you, I said, we have a third party aggregator and for electricity, for electricity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our rate is going to go down 25% of the cost is going to be less than six cents a kilowatt just on the service side. And he said, wow, how did you get that? And I said, cause we negotiated it and we negotiated it pretty hard telling them what we wanted. So he said, that's a pretty good deal. He said, that's an incredible deal because I don't know of anybody that's getting rates that low. So those are things that we have to do on the city side. And again, you know, we have a, we have a, uh, a project that we've been doing, a test project in three wards on garbage collection. Right. And we're waiting for a report. <laughs> I, I, and I can <laughs> tell you that the report will tell you that workers' comp injuries are down in that uh, those three wards. I can tell you that the service is appreciated by the voters right. and the taxpayers in the city of Manchester. Yeah, so for people who don't know what you're talking about, this is a pilot program where the city's using what they call a one-armed bandit with one guy on a truck that picks up the, the, the toter like the recycling gets picked up instead of the city's typical way of doing it, which is three guys on a truck, one driving, two on the back to physically lift the barrels and dump them in the back. And none of those employees have been displaced. They're all still working for the city. They're doing different projects in the city, things that we could get done uh, if we had- For the same money. For the same money. So again, those are things that are important, uh, that we change the way we operate in the city. Your Honor, this is the last chance we'll have to talk to you before the uh, election on Tuesday. And just a programming note, Mayor Gatsis will join us for the uh, entire hour of my television show on Manchester Public TV, Channel 23, which you can watch live if you're in the city of Manchester um, and a Comcast subscriber, or you can stream at ManchesterTV.org, I believe it is. Um, So in as much, though, as this is the last time you'll address the radio audience before the election, um, I'll I'll give you a chance to uh, make some closing thoughts here in the time that we have left. Well, I can only say, Richard, it's uh, been an honor and a pleasure to, to be the mayor of this great city, and I will continue to believe in this city and love this city uh, moving forward, and that's the reason why I'm running for re-election, and I think it's important that people understand um, who I am and what I'm all about. Uh, I think that uh, certainly it's this election is about leadership, and who do you trust? You know, who do you trust to protect the tax gap? Who do you trust to continue this great renaissance in this city? Who do you trust and who do you believe in that's going to make sure that we get educational opportunities in our classroom? And who do you trust to fight this opiate epidemic with every fiber in his body to make sure that we get this under control to save the children that are that we're losing to this absolutely awful epidemic? Manchester Mayor Ted Gatz, this is So always- I ask for your vote. November 7th. Thank you very much, and God bless. All right. Well, Manchester Mayor Ted Gatzis, uh, we appreciate the fact that during your tenure as mayor and our time on the air, you have walked in here faithfully just about every Wednesday morning, spoken about the issues, even when you knew there probably were going to be some tough discussions because perhaps we didn't always agree on an issue. But your uh, openness and candor with our audience 
um, is appreciated, and I hope that people understand how extraordinary it is that you've made yourself this available. Well, I appreciate that, Richard, and that's why I'm glad to see you got a new sign out here on your desk that said, <laughs> I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> We do try to keep it on fun side. Manchester Mayor Ted Gatzis, we appreciate you being here. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. We're going to take a quick trek for whatever we can do in the time I've left. We'll be back with a preview of tomorrow's show. We're not done yet. Stay with us. Alrighty, folks, tomorrow the election coverage continues. Word 8 candidate for Alderman John Cataldo will be in the House in the 6 o'clock hour. Sports will be in our own backyard. Superintendent Dr. No, Anne-Marie Banfield joins us for Is Our Children Learning? And oh, so much more for the entire team here at Dry Large. I am your ever-humble host, Richard Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow, be good, be well. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. We're proud to have in the audience. Thanks for being there. Please remember our sponsors. Give them the first opportunity to earn your business and let them know you heard about them on Dread Large. It matters. Be good, everyone.